Well, it's great to see everybody in person. Um, I know it's been a while since we've had a chance to meet, so uh, let's, I think, to be honest, let's just jump in. Let's catch up. So I'm sure you have a lot to, <laughs> lot to talk about. So it's great to see everybody. I hope everybody's doing well, making it through this thing. So, all right, well, David. In person since the combine, right? Well, that's what Rich and I have talked It's been over a year. So, I mean, I don't know how uh, I was so blessed not to be able to do a live press conference in over a year. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I mean, you think of the combine, that's really obviously the fav my favorite part of the combine is being with the media and de definitely down at the owners' meeting, too. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time. There's, you know, lots, lots going on. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to really to get going, you know, and in a lot of ways, this, you know, our, our off season still has a feel of some, you know, first year components to it. Um, so we're working through that. We, you know, we're, we're preparing for a virtual off season uh, because we haven't really been given clear guidelines yet, you know, from the league office. So, but um, a lot going on. Uh, we have a lot of players here um, going through the rehab and uh, a lot of excitement and obviously Changes, you know, change and adjustments have obviously gone on since the season concluded, and uh, we're looking to continue the flow of that, and uh, you know, really emphasize what we, on the things that we were able to accomplish this past year. With, with where you are in free agency at this point, do you feel you you've gotten some guys who can step in and start from you from day one, or has this been more about? Just creating some competition and, and covering yourself going into the draft, so you can have more of a draft. I mean, philosophically, you know, whether it's a 90-man roster or an 80-man roster, you know, hope to God it's a, they stay with the 90. Um, you want as much competition as possible. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's a mistake um, that has been made over time, uh, where you try to control the, you know, your 53 who, who's on your 90, and I think it can really backfire on you. That's obviously not our philosophy. So the most competitive 90-man roster, and and obviously the biggest uh, chunk of that comes from the draft class. You know, I, I think when you look at draft class, I know my history in roster development. You know, you're looking at 20, 18 to 22 percent of your, you know, your roster yearly is changed through the, the you know, through the draft class. So, you know, that those those numbers are clear. They always are to me because as I'm looking, how you're going to train a team. You know, from March, April, May, June, going into training camp, that's you know, it's it's a big part of your thinking. So, um, you, you, when I look at the free agent class, it's it's no different. I, I look at the young the young roster, and I look at the veterans, and and in in the challenge for every head coach is you know that gap has to come together, and the sooner it does, that's when you're able to play quality football. So, uh, the best environment climate that you can create is to have a competitive 90-man roster. So. Uh, we want to be as fluent as we can. Clearly, through free agency, you know, we're still involved in looking and talking, and, and especially now, where you know our, our draft analysis and um, you know the, the laps that we're taking through the draft class. You know, whether it's the second lap and got individual workouts going on right now, so you're, you're getting you're, you're getting that information. And, and as we know, that what's going on with the draft is this year's unprecedented, just because you. Don't don't have access to you know that you've you've had in the past. So, you know, as we're evaluating the draft class and fluent with you know free agency, it's this is a long answer for how to develop a competitive 90-man roster. So. We heard from Stephen Jones last week, or when Zach signed uh, his new deal about an emphasis on defense, both in free agency and the draft. Now that you've had some time to look back. 
Can you put your hand on what went wrong with defense last year and how are you guys looking to change that and move forward and maybe some of your input that you had in the signing of Dan Quinn and, and those guys coming to Dallas? Well, I think it's clearly uh, when you, you look at our team from you know 2020 to 2021, you know the, the largest uh, change is clearly on defense. I mean that, that's something that we felt was needed. Uh, you know, I don't say across the board, but that that, that was it, it's clearly not my vision of the football team and how and how I see a football team competing uh, to be consistent because consistency puts you in place to win championships. You know, I I clearly understand the the excitement and the optimism each and every year of, 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 of every NFL team, but you know the efficiency and consistency of how you operate and, and how you practice, how you build a 90-man roster, all those things, that all plays into being consistent because the only way to get there is to be knocking on the door each and every week, each and every day. So, yeah, deep defense was uh, clearly, you know, you know, at the – Day one of the evaluation process because you know, really the day after the season was over, you know, having time to go through the exit interviews. Uh, the exit interviews were, you know, we only got halfway through them because we had a COVID situation with the younger players, but going through all the coaches. But the, yeah, the, 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 the focus of change would, would definitely be on the defense. So obviously, with the change in, you know, in the coordinator and the coaches, um, you know, we, we feel. Uh, the direction that where I see the team needs to get goes is, is going to come under leadership of Dan Quinn. You know, I've, I've known Dan for quite some time, and you know, having a chance to to be in position to hire him uh, is definitely a, you know an, an asset, huge asset to our to our football operations. So, and you know, schematically uh, to the to the naked eye or layman's you know terms, I mean, I don't think we'll see a a whole lot because uh, I, I think it's important to to build off of what we did accomplish there probably the second eight weeks you know our ability to take the ball away and there was probably some you know conceptual uh, things that I felt like our, our players really really understood and, and played fast with which wasn't evident in the first eight weeks so you know we're not throwing this isn't a start over situation we're able to build off of uh, some of the things we accomplished last year so that's that's definitely was part of my thinking and uh, you have the opportunity to hire Dan, and uh, I really like the way the staff has come together. Uh, you know, it's uh, the energy and enthusiasm. I think the diversity of some of the assistants. So it's an it's an opportunity for improvement, and I, th I think we're definitely on the right path there. And then you go to the players. I mean, obviously, you're seeing some roster changes, and that that'll you know that'll continue you know all the way through the free agency process, the draft process, and. Then you know you have the you have the other free agent pool that you know comes after the draft, and so I mean it's 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 never quite over. But um, I think it's obvious that my primary focus has been the defense. Well, well, I mean if you if you look at the way they played in Seattle and in Atlanta, from you know from my from my view, it, it is it is different. Uh, you'll see the you know the schemes, you know the ability to play, you know. I don't say this the right way because I mean so much gets made about the three, four, and four, three. It's really not about that. It's more about the techniques that that fit the players and, and their ability to play. We we are player over scheme. I've always I've always been that way, um, and I think it's you know part of my experience of coaching a very young team year in year out in my past experience. But if you have a system of of offense, defense, or special teams that can't accommodate 
an excellent football player in general terms, I think you have to take a hard look at your system. So, um, you know, the ability to have the three, four components to it and four, three components based on how you view what that is, but it's more about the techniques and the alignments assignments that in the front that, uh, that we'll ask our guys to play, you'll see both those components where uh, it's not a whole lot different what, what I think what, what Mike was trying to get to, you know, last year. So it, it's, it's, uh, so there'll be, a, there'll be a, a tighter blend of that. So, I mean, I think clearly, you know, I'm standing here now compared to when I was standing here last year, the understanding of the players that we do have and their strengths and, and how we want to continue to play to it, plus the players that we added. I think you can see the common theme of the players we've added in the, in the front. I mean, you're seeing players with more length and, and uh, you know, the different body type uh, because, you know, in my view, just in general terms, you can't have enough 6'4", 6'5", 255, 260-pound athletes uh, on your football team. So it makes you better uh, on offense, defense, and special teams. Coach, what was your reaction when the, when the dead deal was done, one? And two, how much better or how much more can he improve having an entire offseason to work with you and to work in the system? Well, I mean, I was, I, I was actually uh, I was in Florida when the deal was was finally completed. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier to do cartwheels on the sand. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Rich is having a hell of a visual over there right now. But uh, yeah, no, I was I was obviously very excited. I, I think that you know he is definitely the keystone of of moving forward uh, as a football team. So uh, I was I was very excited about that. And you know he was just finishing up his workout out on the field. You know as I walked in here. So he's you know he's he's making progress and he's on course and. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about year two of, of the offense because, you know, frankly, in a lot of ways, we feel like we didn't really have get to have year one. So, uh, so we're excited about what we can do this year with a healthy offense. Mike, Zach talked last week about wanting to instill the culture right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Last season, you didn't have the opportunity to meet, or last offseason, you didn't have the opportunity to meet with him early between the contract and COVID. What do you want to do with him now in this offseason to make sure that y'all are on the same page and can project that to the rest of the team? Well, we have a lot of ideas, uh, but until we know the schedule, we don't know exactly how we're going to go about it. So we're—I mean—we're in a in a visual or a virtual uh, mindset, and and how that's going to look, uh, you know, that's still to be determined. But you know, Dak lives here, so I mean, he's 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 here every day, so we need interaction. You know, I mean, that, and that's really everybody keeps saying, well. Hey, coach, what do you need? We, we need time with our players. And, and our players want, want time with the coaches. So we have a great vibe going on. Uh, I, I love the way the locker room is put together. Um, so, you know, every year you go through changes, and, and some are a lot harder than others. And But, you know, Dak, is, is, he's the keystone of this football team. And, and, and that's the way um, I view it, and that's the way we're going to push forward with it, too, because, you know, he's – he, you know, the quarterback touches the ball every play, you know, so and but also his presence and his natural leadership ability is something that, you know, will continue to grow. And I think you'll see that. I think you'll see that in the locker room. You mentioned earlier the difference between a 90 man roster and an 80 man roster. What is the value of those 10 extra roster spots to how the competition looks like going to the final roster and also how you script a practice and run a practice? Well, I think you. You've said a competition, number one, but also I, I think it's it's a better training environment. You know, you you can you can work. There's certain positions in a, in a, in, a, in an OTA off season um, phase that 
you, you know, because you, you know their helmets and shorts. So you want to want you want to have more pronar players. So no different when you get into the padded work. So the ability to train a whole football team is definitely different at 80 than is 90. I mean, it's you know just the numbers reflect that. It, it you know because you really measure every rep. I mean, you you measure every rep of you know when your big players are involved in team periods. You know, in pads. You know how that measures. You know all, all those things factor. I mean, that's I mean that's just the way I've always I've always done it. So, in in eighty to ninety is a bigger, it's a bigger change than you think it is. Particularly when you get to the legs of the receivers and the DBs, and you're you're doing more two minute drills. You're doing more situational work. You're working more last eight. You know more third down, more pressure periods. So there's more stress at certain positions, and you need that in your training environment. And you definitely need it in year one, year two of a. You know, this is whatever year you want to call us in a, in a, in a, in a new program. So, uh, yeah, the 90-man roster, I think, is imperative uh, to to the development of your football team, especially for the teams that are, you know, that are new coming off this this this, this pandemic year. You know, I think, and I've been on both sides of it. Um, and what I'm referring to, you know, this past season definitely, you know, tilted the field just a little bit to the experienced team. And, and I can say that from experience. Uh, because you know, 2010, I was part of a Super Bowl championship team that, that went into a lockout that uh, didn't have no off-season program and walked out of lockout, went 15 and one. So, and it was it was an advantage because we'd been together, same team for a couple of years, and didn't have much change. And so now being on the flip side of that, it's uh, you know, it's it's it goes back to my point earlier. We just need time with our players. So, and having 90 players definitely would be a benefit over 80. What role do you envision for Keanu McNeil, uh, and what have you and Dan talked about about how he'll be used and, and what he can bring to this defense? Well, when you when you look at the way he's played in Minnesota and Detroit, it, it's it's definitely uh, you know his ability to cover tight end. You know, it 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 jumps off the film edge, and then when you see him in person, I mean he's he's a lot he's a lot taller and longer than you think he is. You know, I mean, you know it's it's embarrassing when you hug another man, you feel like he just swallows you up. So, uh, but. Uh, and that's a tough task, you know, where I'm, where I, where I am right now. So, anyways, but uh, he's a long, I mean, he's a long, athletic guy. I mean, I, I tell you, he's, uh, he's, he's impressive. I, you know, I've had a chance to coach against him uh, in the NFC North, and I think he's a great fit for us. I mean, he's going to make us better in, on, on defense with, with matchup ability and, and definitely on special teams. So, and I had a great visit with him yesterday. I, actually, I was excited to. To see him sign right away. It was uh, actually all all of the guys that were in yesterday were they were all great visits. Dak said something interesting uh, in his news conference about how the injury might affect his decisions in terms of moving around, and he, he basically said, you know, he needs to be a little bit smarter. What's your take on a quarterback maybe trying to change what comes naturally to him to try to protect himself like that? I mean, from my personal experience, I think that I think that the way the league plays today favor you know I think it makes it a little easier. I think in the 90s it was a bigger challenge. Uh, so I, I think that quarterbacks are, are clearly protected more. I th you know that's why I think you see the wide open offenses. You know with the running of the quarterback and you see that advance. So I don't think it's going to be a huge adjustment for him. You know I don't think he needs to be lowering his shoulder and stiff arming maybe as much. I mean Jerry probably wants him to run out of bounds every every play, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it's he just got to you know he's got to be just just a little more mindful of it. I, I don't you don't want to ever tell a player if a coach you know I, I just something I think, but I, I don't ever try to make a statement to a player that that may make him hesitate. You know, because 
you know, hesitation in, in the NFL is, you know, you're a full step slower than your opponent, and that, that, that could potentially put you in a worse position. How different does this feel for you now, being a year with the organization? Does it feel any different, or is it the same as when you were in Green Bay? No, it feels a lot different. Uh, you know, I have a great appreciation for the people that I work with. I think it's, I think it's a normal process you go through. Uh, and I'm talking about the everyday people, and especially for what we've gone through. I mean, my gosh, I mean, you think about the way it started, uh, I think it was uh, I think it was St. Patty's Day last year. Was the you know it was the day that it was kind of everything was shut down, and then we all kind of you know went to a virtual format, and so uh, and really we didn't really get back together until training camp. So just to see the you know the personal sacrifice that, you know you know that we all make, uh, you know particularly as coaches, you know, but you, you you see the sacrifices that the families have made, and you know we we were away from our families a lot more than normal, and once the season started so uh yeah just to be able to connect with the with the people that i work with every day is you know definitely it was a lot different but but in some ways it does it it is it still feels kind of brand new because you know there's some normal activities like being here today that you just haven't done a whole lot of you know over the last year last year was a tough year what is the one thing you wish you would have done differently well, there's always things you wish you'd, you would do differently or, you know, I, I, I believe in filters in life, you know, where you evaluate your life and they're, you know, personal and professional. Uh, I think self-reflection evaluation is, is critical to growth. I mean, that's, I'm not trying to give a, a speech here, but uh, that's just the way I operate. So I, did, I think changes that we've made, I think they're obvious, with, you know, the changes that, that, that I've made so far. And I think you'll see some adjustments whether you recognize them or not. Um, uh, it, they're going to be adjustments because we're, we're going to practice and train a whole differently than, than we ever before. So I'm, I'm trying to, as I'm filibustering here, I'm trying to f think of one specific to give you a great quote. Um, don't have one. Sorry. Given some of the challenges on defense last year, of my understanding that players weren't necessarily graded out as much or they didn't feel like they were getting taught the way that perhaps a lot of people have felt Dan Quinn has been described as the teacher. Was it as easy for you to get involved with defense given all the challenges you had going through four quarterbacks and the offensive line? Is that something that you'll be able to, to do a little better job of this year or with the hiring of Dan Quinn, don't feel like that'll be something that you need to focus on? Well, I think the most important uh, part of this is, you know, I 100% disagree with your opinion. Uh, I, I think part of the challenge last year, um, and, and everybody went through it, all the first-year staffs went through it, you know, we we tried to change too much on defense. Would be the would if we're looking for a mistake, uh, and I don't think it's a mistake. It, we we didn't get it done. So uh, and that's that's just the you know we went in with too much volume, but this was all part of the direction that that uh, you know Jerry and Steve and I when we sat down we felt that this football team the direction it needed to go. So um, so there was definitely a, some miss on the understanding of, you know, what fits and what didn't fit. And you can never really truly find it out until you go through it. So uh, was our projection off? Yeah, uh, yes, definitely was in, in, in some areas. Uh, the way they were taught, uh, you know, we were changing facilities and there's a number of things. I do not like the way our coaching operation is right now. I think it's, it's not to my standard, but a lot of that was due to the COVID. Uh, the situation, the way that the Phillies, you know, adjusted and 
you know, you have, you know, video wasn't challenged and everybody went through it. So, um, you know, how much time you walked through, how much you didn't walk through, how much did you meet, you know, all those things. I mean, that's all part of your training regimen. And um, so we, we didn't hit the target, but in the same breath, you know, it's not just one guy. It's, I mean, we all need to be better, you know, players, coaches, head coach, all the way through. But the reality of it is the way we were evaluated and, and, uh, you know, that, that part's, I mean, every player's great. We have an extensive grading system here that's frankly still development because of the computer program development component of it that, you know, but uh, tier one, they, you know, so only certain people were here. So, so I mean, all those things are part that I think any coach goes into. Uh, we didn't just walk in and, you know, change the date on the reports that the old staff used. You know, we didn't just change the plays on what the old staff did. That's, that's, that's not what I was brought here to do. So I have a lot of work to do. Um, the way the players are graded, um, I would put it up against any program I've ever been a part of in my time in the league. So, uh, but absolutely every play of every practice of every play of every game. It's nonsense to think it wasn't. I mean, that's what coaches do. I was told differently. That's why I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to address that. Well, I think I, I kindly uh, disagreed 100% with your opinion enough, or your comment. It's just, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to address that. Well done. Mike, on that subject, now you've got to do it again with some virtual, a new system. Do you, do you try to put less in? Is that one of the lessons learned from last year? No, we need to, we need to do a better job in the virtual component of it. You know, uh, we, we actually spent a ton of time. You know, DV Sport was in here last week for four days. You know, we, we've, uh, we've had seminar, you know, sit-downs with PFF, you know, just some of the outsourcing, um, you know, analytics and things that, that we've done. We, we, need to, we need to be better. You know, we need to be better. We've, we've looked at what we did last year. We looked at how we're going to do it this year. We're better prepared for it. I mean, we're, we're anticipating it, you know, better. Um, I think we clearly have a better handle on the volume. I mean, we'll do less on offense, too. I mean, this is not just a defensive focus. This is not just a special teams focus. You know, it's, uh, it's all the way through. So, yeah, I'm very confident that our virtual operation will be significantly better. Mike, um, can you give us an update on your offensive tackles, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins? What's your comfortability right now? I mean, they look great. You know, I've had, you know, obviously Tyron went through training camp, so obviously I have a good, you know, good feel for him. Elsie, um, you know, he was just out there with Dak, so he 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 looks like he's you know close to being ready to go. So, um, and I can say that about all the veteran injured players. I mean, there's. You know, unless a guy went out of town for an extended weekend, or I, you know, I, I, I can't recall a day that they haven't been here. So I mean, that that part's been very regular. You know, very those guys are they all they all look good. So I mean, we don't expect any setbacks. Can you talk about your assessment of Jalen Smith last year, and do you feel like this new scheme can kind of complement his skills? Well, I think I think the thing with you know when you look at Jalen and. You know, Leighton went through some injuries. You know, it's you know, it's it's the question that everybody keeps wanting to ask. And, you know, is he the Mike? Is he the Will? You know, I, when I look at Leighton and Jalen, I, I look at linebackers that have have the ability and the, you know the experience to be interchangeable. So, you know, what I like about Jalen is you know he practices every day. I mean, he's a hundred hundred mile an hour, and he's he gives it to you. You know, at work after you know in the study part of it. Um, you know, he lines up and plays every week. So uh, I thought he had a very productive year. Um, I, I think at times, like 
you know, coaches and players, there was some, you know, wasn't quite clear. You know, we did, our timing wasn't quite what we wanted it to be. You know, I think it just comes with, you know, with the process of a, of a new staff and new scheme and some of the things we're trying to do. But I, I think clearly when we got, you know, I, I felt coming out of the Minnesota game uh, and, and really the Pittsburgh game and, you know, probably about that, that point where we, we were starting to play the right way. You know, we were starting to, uh, you know, there's there's more consistency in our in our in our time clock and our fits and and how guys were, you know, coming off the communication was where it needed to be. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. It, it took that long, but that's that's just the facts of the matter. So, uh, you know, and if you look at the defense, in which is my number one, you know, emphasis as a head coach, is is the, is the turnover ratio. You know, we we end up seventh in the league and taking the ball away. So and that and that was a huge huge part of our. You know our production down the stretch here, so um, you know it's something we can build off of. How long did it take you to zero in on Dan Quinn? Was it pretty quick? Like you knew that this was going to be the guy, or did it take a? a well, it had to be quick just because of the interest in Dan. You know, I, I've known Dan for you know quite some time, and and uh, so when when the decision was made, it we, you know it happened, it had to happen fast because you know he he had a lot of opportunities. So, and uh, you know we were fortunate to, to be able to get that done. When did he first get on your radar? Like in, in your coaching career, when do you do you remember a time when you first? I remember Dan when he was with, with the Dolphins, and he was with the uh, you know with with um, the 49ers, You know, just his reputation as a, as a D line coach, and then obviously when he, when he went to Seattle, um, did a great great job there. So you know we've had some battles there, and you know then you know frankly down in Atlanta, you know they they beat us in the NFC Championship game in um, 2016. So have a good history with Dan. What kind of what went into your decision on uh, Alden Smith to move on from him and? And how do you assess where you are as right now with the current roster as far as uh, pressuring the quarterback and, and where you stand there? Well, first, I mean, Alden Smith, that's still fluid. Yeah, I, I, I personally haven't moved on. So, I mean, it, there's, I was in a conversation yesterday about Alden. So, um, we'll, we'll see how that, that works out moving forward. Um, but, you know, when you look at our front, uh, you know, it's, it's the ability to, you know, you don't, just, just in, in general, you really don't want players who can do one thing. I mean, if a guy does, if he's just really good at one component of his game, he's got to be, you know, he's probably got to be the best in the business at it. So, and and the ability to play a, you know, to play a three technique, also play a four inside shade technique, to go out and play a five, and Alden could play the six, he can play the nine. So, I mean, that, that that's that's the flexibility that you're looking for. And if you, you know, the three veteran linemen that we signed all have that. Also, they have it that that. Capabilities, so that's when I talk about the growth, and you know, we talk about three, four versus four, three. You know, the, the variation of, of guys to be able to play multiple techniques and have the length, and, and you know, an, an Alden fits that. So, um, so we're, we're you know we're still talking there, um, but that's that's where you, you're able to be more game plan specific, you know, and, and, and definitely starting with the run defense. So, and, and that's that's really my view and. But I want to make sure we have more flexibility, more, more position flexibility in our defensive front. Joe Woods was with you, I think, in Green Bay. Did you try to bring him here, like I guess last year, or was it just circumstance you couldn't get him in? Well, timing has a lot to do with a lot of things, and you know, as as we know, in hiring a, a staff and and uh, Joe Woods, an, an outstanding uh, football coach. You know, Joe and I have a long history together, so um, I was just felt very fortunate for you know the timing for him. You know, coming out of Atlanta for him to be part of this, so uh, I think you'll, you'll see a you'll see a different energy and a level level of expertise back there. You know, Joe's coordinator ready, 
Um, and, and frankly, Joe was Joe could have been a coordinator here very easily. I mean, I just I'm making that point just to uh, to let you know how, how much I think of him as a coach. So um, we d we definitely have a chance to to really grow the secondary under Joe's leadership. Well, he'll he'll start off with the linebackers. I mean, obviously his ability to go back and and play the safety is evident. But uh, you know, Keon is an impact player. You know, I think that's an excellent signing for us, and uh, real excited to get him and and his fit. And I, I know Dan and the, you know the other Joe, Adden are all the guys that work with him in Atlanta are all excited to to you know add him to the mix. So I look at him as an impact player. You talk about wanting to improve your defense. Do you is the draft where you're looking to improve your defense? There, do you want to really have your club hone in on that for you? Well, I mean, I think we're making a strong effort to improve the defense. You know, with our free agent signing so far, and, and definitely the draft, having ten picks. You know, and you know we've done well in, in the rookie free agent pool too. That's another you know, pool of players that we'll we'll focus on. So, yeah, I think we'll we'll continue to. To work, you know, you want to add as many good football players as you possibly can. You know, I mean, obviously, offense, defense, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if we we take some defensive players in the draft. <laughs> have you had? Can you talk about discussions you may have had with with Sean Lee and Tyron Crawford about where they are in their careers and and what that's looking like right now? Uh, Ty, Tyrone just, you know, he he came uh, to me right away, you know, in the exit interview process, and and uh, you know, he's. In, well, should I address this now? Or I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Well, I guess I did. I'm sorry. To, I mean, I think he's he's going to he's going to retire. So, um, but he's going to be here in the area. He, you know, he lives he lives right down the road, and I've, I've actually seen him a couple times since. So, um, but you know, you know, Sean, we're we're still in discussions with Sean. What's the plan for the draft this year, Coach? You, you were on a yacht last year. What's the plan for the draft this year? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the Jones family. Um, now that we are having more interaction, what do you anticipate um, the draft process looking like this year? My understanding is going to be back to normal. You know, I mean, from the coach's perspective, I don't know exactly how the you know what, what the media um, operation is going to be. So um, we'll be in the draft room. So no, no consideration for the yacht. <laughs> Tell you what, it worked out pretty good, and we don't have to take that up. I actually, I like the way the draft went last year. So if that was the key, then. We'll see what Jerry thinks. You and other coaches talk a lot about separating the business side of things, but how much of a difference does it make to have the DAC thing done to just kind of push that aside and move forward? Definitely. I mean, I think like anything, um, you know, it's everyone here covered it. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I just the one morning, uh, I think the best example is the one morning in the training room and there's two TVs on and, you know, the one TV, you know, it was all about Dak Prescott, and the other TV was the the four squares, and you know the Zoom call with the cat in the right hand corner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, and everybody was watching the, the cat because they were tired of watching the other TV. So I, I think that's a great analogy. So we're all glad it's done. I didn't stick around to find out. I didn't. I, I didn't understand what was going on. So I just I just kept moving. Mike. Uh, most of your recent experience with the with the draft has been drafting later in the first round, whether it was Green Bay or you know picking 17th last year. I get that the process probably doesn't change, but is is there any added emphasis or importance when you are in the top 10 and have a chance to to draft that caliber of player? Well, I, you know, I, I think I mean stating obvious, you, you want to get it right. You know, I, I think you're 
you're definitely when you're when you're picking tenth compared to you know 26, 27, 28, you know it's a, it's a lot longer night, you know back there at 28, 29, 30. But no, I, I think it's you know the pool of players, you know, and uh, there's usually more movement up there potentially. So I, I think just you know just just you know picking ten is different than 20 because yeah, you know there's more time to to watch what's going on in front of you and. You know, in, in some years, you know, there's more movement than others. So, but yeah, I, I would say the the processes. You know, I've I've been part of one staff that you know, uh, picked picked one. So I mean, it's yeah, I, I think it's you know, the focus is, is is clearly to you still want to get it right and get the best player to fit your football team. How do you guys determine uh, who's going to go on your staff? So what pro days and. You know, because I think from afar we kind of read into it like, oh, Mike McCarthy's at this pro day. They must really be interested in, in this, these guys and that. So how do you guys determine? That's, why, that's okay. why we're doing it. That's yeah. right. So, no, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, it's you know, other things going on, you know, because I mean, you know, you know, me going to Alabama and in South Carolina and going to Virginia Tech, or you no, know, am I going to go to Ohio State, Kentucky? So I mean, it's. It's it's fluent and it's really this this year is just so different than any of the others because uh, you, you know you don't have the combine it, you know it, it's really trying to get as many to get the right number of touches on each player as you can and and this and it's not as much about what set of eyes you know is it is it good for me and Dan to go or is it better for Will and Dan to go you know plus there's, there's other things that are going on here the last couple of days so I mean so I, I wouldn't put a Tremendous amount into it, but I'm not also naive. The fact that you know this year is different because you do want to, you, you know, you, this is your only chance to really get a live look at some of these at these guys. So, um, yeah, you could probably put more into it this year than others, to be to be honest. But on our particular uh, instance, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't. It, I don't think it's going to factor in, you know, who's picked at number ten if that's if that's what you're looking for. The NFL outlines the the memo to the today was the outline that up to 10 fully vaccinated people can be in the draft room. Uh, so I asked her. today? Yeah. This it's, is unbelievable. This is, this is a first. I'll just say that. Right. Um, I was saying email yet is my point. But go ahead. You, you've seen it already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rich. Rich, it should have been on my notes. Yeah, so. So I asked, okay. are, are you fully vaccinated? And if not, do you plan to be before the draft to allow you to be in the? Let me ask. What is my legal right on vaccination? Your, your legal right? Yeah. Do I have to? Do I have to? Do I have to tell you if I'm vaccinated? No. Nope. Okay. So I'll keep you guessing. I'll tell you what. I, I, th I think I'm totally brainwashed because anytime I talk to Rich or anybody else, Oxnard is the greatest place in the world. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how we can survive without going to Oxnard, from what I've been told. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I've coached in Louisiana. I've coached at the Saints. I clearly understand that you know the effect of a heat, the heat on the training your football team. You know, I think we were my understanding. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Austin in the past, so I think we definitely um, were, were fortunate that the heat wasn't as bad this past summer here. So, uh, preferably, I would just, you know, I think regularity is important, you know, I, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I, 
I, I think there's clearly a benefit going on Oxford, and it's clearly the environment. If you can, if you can set the environment, I haven't been there yet, so I'm, I'm kind of just speaking off of what I've been told, because uh, actually I was supposed to go there last year, and that's exactly when the pandemic hit. So, um, but yeah, I, if, if it's everything everybody says it is, we're, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, but you know, I, the biggest thing is, for me, is the training of the football team. So, as long as everything is the ability to get the flow and the the competitive environment and all those things, you know, but, you know, just like, for example, we were just talking about this the other day, you know, uh, you can't practice till 11 a.m. because of the dew on the field. Okay. Well, well, no one thought of that because I guess they never practiced before 11 in Paso. And if you were, you know, in our practices, now I know everybody loved getting up early to get the practice early, but there is a benefit from practicing early for the regularity and training of your team. Just from a practice at night, a practice in the middle of the day, a practice in the morning. I think once the players have done all three, they'll tell you the morning's the best. At first, you're like, well, I don't know if I can do that, but it's 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 better for their bodies. It's better. It's it's better on their their clock to put them on. The teaching progressions are, are efficient. Um, so those are the kinds of things I look at. But you know, being a you know, I don't know, is it a mile from the beach or whatever? It's, I guess that's all cool too. So do you plan to travel before? July to Oxnard and get a feel for it again? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I, I clearly want to get out there and take a look at it. So. What's your district plan about when you No, it's not, not yet. Mark, one of the debates uh, in Cowboy Nation is the offensive line. Does it need to be revamped? Who are the five guys? Can you give us any idea of what you're thinking about your line for this season? Well, I think if you just look at the experience that we went through last year, I mean, um, I've, I've, I've learned this in 2000 as the offensive coordinator for the Saints. When you're, you're, when you're starting offensive line lines up and play 16 games in a row, you're, going, you're a good football team. Uh, and it's no different because that year, both our O-line and D-line played every game. And we had massive injuries around it. But they give you the, the consistency and the stability to when the, when the, when the line of scrimmage is uh, stable and there's consistency there, your 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 opportunity for success is heightened around it. That's just my belief. So, uh, statistically, if you look it up, the health of the offensive line, in in accordance with the um, with the wins and losses of the teams, that definitely reflect. I mean, they they coincide. So, um, the answer to your question, we just got to get healthy, frankly, on the offensive line. I mean, if we you know our tackles, our veteran tackles look good. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to line up and play with those guys. I mean, that's one of the, one of the big attractions of the job, frankly, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. So, um, and you can't have enough, you know, that's, you know, and we, we, we felt like we had really good numbers coming in this season. You know, when we just hit one of those years where, you know, the tackle position was just under siege with injury. So, uh, you know, frankly, I think we're going to have a very competitive situation for the offensive line. So. Uh, I can't line them up yet, but when they get healthy, I, th I think you're going to see really good competition there. And Mike, I talked about the challenges of just the virtual aspect. I mean, we've all seen it even with our jobs. But how important will it be to you and your staff, these free agents, to be able to go out to dinners together again, to be able to do the team bonding? How much does that help a team in terms of success, just in the wide receiver room, the offensive line room, you as a coach communicating with some of your captains? Group dynamics is important. You know, the development of the chemistry and the culture, that's that's the how, you know, that's the what. You know, everybody talks about it. I think everybody has a plan to, 
to try to exercise and develop it. You know, that, that's definitely a vehicle to get that done. Yeah, I, I def I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. It's, I go back to my first year as a head coach. Um, you know, you, you grow up in this league and, you know, you have the traditional Saturday night meetings. You know, you, you get to the, you know, you get to the hotel and you have the seven o'clock quarterback meeting. Then you have the, you know, the eight o'clock offensive meeting and then, then the team meeting. And, you know, after about week five, you're just, oh man, it's, you know, the night before the game it gets to be a little long. So, um, and, and I can just remember the reaction <clears throat> to the team when I told them there was no Saturday night meetings. And, but no, I moved the meetings till Saturday morning, but we still got our work done. But, you know, I think there's a, there's a part of that, and when you play for the Dallas Cowboys, and it's and it's and it's a little bit the same in Green Bay. Uh, home games are a challenge because everybody wants to come to AT&T Stadium. Everybody wants to visit Dallas. You know, everybody. You can see it in the, in your opponent when they come out of the tunnel. I mean, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that there's stress there on your players. I mean, it really is. Um, it, you know, family. And it's just it's not bad stress. It's but it's it's responsibility that's that's different. And so I've always felt. When you go on the road, and obviously you didn't have it this this year, but we always, you know, promoted, hey, running backs, go to dinner together. You know, when we landed, I, you know, the old schedule, they'd make the, the window so tight because you were trying to keep your guys at the hotel. Well, guess what? They're still going to leave and go see their Uncle Jimmy, you know, and have a sandwich with them or something. You know, so um, I'm a believer that when you do, you give them the block of time to go or if a guy wants to go take a nap or, you know, but we always encouraged our players to, to, to bond. That, that was a bonding opportunity. And, and what I found is the players love the away games. You know, it's easy to play at home. Everybody loves playing at home and especially playing at t and stadium. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm confident that I'll have the same response from our team, you know, in, uh, because you want those guys to, you know, like, you know we had a, Running back coach that his group or his receiver coached them, but he, they went to Ruth Chris every Saturday night because they didn't have Ruth Chris in Green Bay, so it was a big deal. And uh, so they all ate the sweet potato pie, but I mean, it's, and that's what they talked about when it, you know, so that, those kind of things, you know, uh, I think it's important. But it, you know, that's just to give you an example of the group dynamics and the opportunity to to be together. Th those are the things you laugh about, you know, when you, the games are always the you know the highlights and the plays, and you, when when you're when you're done, or you run into guys that you've coached 10, 15, 20 years ago. But you know it's always that. Hey, you remember that time at Ruth Christian? Oh yeah, I know. I remember that time. So uh, those those are things I think really help develop your culture. Mike, having lost uh, Andy Dalton, what are your thoughts on the backup quarterback position? Well, I mean, it's you know it's it's definitely a position we'll continue to look at. I mean, I really goes back to you know the earlier answer on you know competitive 90-man roster, you definitely want the, you know, the most important position in my view of football is the quarterback position. You, you want to have as much competition and, you know, talent, you know, young, veteran, you know, ever. We'll just continue to watch that. You know, there's definitely some veterans that, that we've talked to and I'm sure would like the opportunity to be here now that, you know, our tax contract's done and I think everybody clearly understands what, what's that room's potentially going to look like. And some of the defensive players you guys have signed so far, what's the importance of that physical trait of be it free agent or player you drafted for him to have length for Dan Quinn's defense? Well, I think it goes to the, the answer I had before, with the ability to play multiple techniques, you know, and, and their ability to play with length, and you know, obviously the temperament and how they play, um, because 
the end of the day, you know, to me, defense is no different than offense. And in every game plan that I've ever been a part of offensively, if you're if you want to be heavy in 12 personnel versus your opponent, you don't go into the game with two tight ends because you know one play you could be out of 12 and you practice it all week. And you know you, you want to take the same approach with defense. You know, if if you have a, a base defense or an, a variation of base, and you, you don't want to have one big end on on the 48 man or 46. I hope it's still 48 this year, but um, because then you could be one player potentially out of having the best defensive front uh, for that particular call on the field and and that's where you get to you know guys probably playing a technique that he hasn't practiced a lot and he's probably not best suited and you know frank we ran in a little bit at that last year so um and that's you know that's that's part of the plan of navigating the injuries that you have every year i mean it's 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 part of the game um you just you know but when you have it in one position it's a little bit more of a challenge Mike, I know you talked about how you filter during the season personally and professionally, but now that you've had a time to reflect on your first season in Dallas, what did you learn about yourself that you think will most help you in year two? Uh, I'll I tell you, I mean, you know, adversity, you know, you know, the pressure of, of adversity and the pressure that the job that, that, um, that I have today it's it's truly a privilege and it's a privilege to be back in the NFL and um, and I'm just enjoying it you know I, I think when you have a chance to step away you know I'm, I'm, I'm really savoring these these moments you know it's because uh, I missed it and um, <laughs> there was points last year I thought what the hell did I go back to but uh, you know I'm, I'm just it's really just a privilege to to stand here in front of you and and, and get ready to, to build a team that, that can contend for a championship. So just the privilege of the pressure of it all. Thank you. All Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.